Okay, so well, here's what we here's what we do know. We I am never going into audio engineering. <laughs> and also, me never call me for tech relief. <laughs> Hi, y'all! Thank you so much for tuning in to our conversation today. My name is Amy Vallejo, and I am so excited to bring you episode two of Social Creative Conversations. We made it to episode two. Yay. I am so thrilled to be sharing this conversation I had with my dear friend, Lauren from Lark Rising. I know many of you are already big time Lark Rising fans, but if you're not familiar with Lauren, she is a fantastic, prominent figure in the fiber arts world, specifically in embroidery. Lauren started an Etsy shop a couple years ago, I think 2015, when she discovered a love for embroidery simply out of wanting to have an outlet for herself. She's always been a creative person. And um, I mean, even she <laughs> she revealed that she play, has played the ukulele and just musical creative in all sorts of um, different fields. I've been able to get to know Lauren both as a work colleague and more especially a friend. She has been teaching with Social Creative for the last couple of years doing our embroidery workshops. And it's been such an honor and a pleasure to watch and learn from her and see how she engages with other people. She's such a good teacher. If you haven't been able to come to one of our social creatives with her, you can also find her teaching through creative bug classes. She just recently published a book, The Modern Embroidery Studio, which she shows patterns, different stitch methods, and how-tos for embroiderers of all experience levels. But of course, as we all know, She's more than just Lark Rising. She is a mom of two, a wife, and an incredible human being. You'll find our conversation happening at around 9 p.m. It was the end of the day, and that's how it looks when you're balancing work life with home life. In our conversation, Lauren shared honestly about her struggle with ambition, being competitive with her own self, And finding that elusive unicorn we all hope to discover someday called balance. We also talked about our experiences with burnout and honoring our time, which means being selective on what or how much we take on. We can't be alone in this, I'm sure. Brief side note, Brene Brown does an amazing episode on burnout. It's definitely worth the listen. As with all of our episodes, we have asked you to participate. So we were able to talk about a lot of the questions that were sent in and Lauren answers them very candidly. So thank you. And without further delay, thanks for joining me and Lauren. Welcome to the conversation. I can't do it. Oh my gosh. Oh my word. Okay. All right, we're gonna do this thing. All right. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi. What a way to start. What a way to start. I know. I was like, Jake, come help me. <laughs> he always. Have you ever seen that Saturday Night Live skit where the guy has like the massive keychain and he's just like. <sighs> 
move. And he like gets on the keyboard and he's like, you know, it's so funny. It like, I have had a Mac for like forever. And Ricky was like a PC guy up until like last year, he finally got an iPhone and made the switch. But even before then, when he was like, not even a Mac person, I'm like, please help. (laughs) Or like, I spend all this time learning how to use like Photoshop and Lightroom and he spent (sighs) zero time. And yet he can figure things out that I haven't been able to figure out just even though I actually have tried. <laughs> I know. It is so ridiculous. Also, I'm like really sorry about my COVID bangs. I'm I getting love a, your COVID bangs. <laughs> I'm getting a real haircut next week. So I like am avoiding cutting my own bangs so that somebody else can cut my bangs for once for the first <laughs> time in a year. Um, anyway. Uh. But I kind of look like I belong in the Adams family a little bit. I need my bangs to hide all my like blemishes because my yes. skin has been breaking out since COVID started because of anxiety and lack of sleep. Oh my gosh. Someone told me about um ma- oh you were the one who said mask me. Mask me, yeah. Mask me. <laughs> I heard that from my friend Jen, who's a nurse, and I'm like, yes. That is a a word that is going to now be in the vocabulary. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Welcome. You are officially the first actual guest on the podcast. This is long awaited. You were supposed to be on We The Makers. I know. But at the tail end of it, we came in just to massive social injustice awakening it was yeah yeah. so we did the right thing and paused and had our attention on the more important things yeah so many bigger conversations yes so many bigger conversations um so here we are so you here's the here's the great thing is that you waited until the actual podcast yes (laughs) that was your plan all along I know I knew I knew I needed to wait yes just for that reason Yes. yes exactly so as with the podcast it was a real look and conversation in what is actually happening behind the scenes oh yeah so no one right now we're zooming so I can see the fact that we're both wearing mustard yellow (laughs) and we are totally in sync with each other but the listeners will not be able to understand that so they don't get to see that joy they don't get to see that joy so I would love for you to just give us a peek into what your day looked like today the real deal what was Lauren's day like today what's it like to be embroidery goddess (laughs) (laughs) sitting on top of the world in the embroidery industry but also a mother of two homeschooling and doing all the things tell me what your day looked like today give us a sneak peek well it started with I didn't get up until almost nine o'clock in the morning because um my husband Ricky is by default, because neither of us are morning people, but he's better at it than I am. He gets up in the morning first and I sleep in. That's partially also because we still have a 19 month old that will not sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. And I haven't weaned him yet just because I didn't feel like it was going to be a good call to try and wean him in the middle of a pandemic when I never get to be away from him. I can't just like go hang out at the coffee shop for like any amount of time. Like 
yeah, there's no escape. So, no. and plus it's really helpful to have like that connection right now when like we're yes. all here. I don't get a yeah. lot of one-on-one time with, yeah, and nobody gets one-on-one time here. It's all yeah. everybody yeah. Yeah. time. So yeah, because I'm still breastfeeding, I get to like have like, this is our moment. This is our time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I haven't weaned him, but he still gets up like twice a night. And yeah. so I'm up in the nights. And so I can't get up in the morning. So Ricky yeah. lets me have a little bit of a lion. And then he <sighs> has to like come tell me to get up like six times. Mm-hmm. And then I finally get up. I try to like have some coffee and some water and like yes. some toast so yes. this morning. And I'm just like, I am the worst in the morning. Like, oh. I just am not good. I'm not yeah. good at it. No. No, you don't I'm wake up so like Snow slow. White with like no. doves on your finger. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, no. Oh my gosh. It's, I'm not it's not a good time in the morning. But once I'm finally awake, I'm like, okay, here I am. And then immediately, like, since my kids have already been up, then I'm like, oh, school's starting now. I guess I'm the teacher now. And I'm like, still yeah. in my like pajamas. And I just, yeah. I'm like, here we go. And we just dive right in. So we just dove in this morning. I'm homeschooling my kindergartner. Yes. And we are studying oceans and particularly this week we're on uh, coral reefs and the Great Barrier Reef. Um, And you, you're doing the curriculum for this, right? Like you are legit homeschooling. Yeah, we are homeschooling. Curriculum and everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just figured it would work better because he's never been to actual school. So he doesn't really have like an idea of what that was like or like an expectation there at all. He doesn't like know the school or the kids or the teacher. So we just decided to completely do our own thing. And I'm so glad because he hates Zoom calls and he doesn't want to do what other people tell him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't want to sit still. Yeah. Um, And plus he's just really, um, he's really different as far as like the way that he has learned. Like he's like, you know, fine at math and things like that, but he's reading at probably a second or third grade reading level. So that's amazing. I know he's such a little bookworm, but it's allowed us to do a lot of things that he wouldn't get to do in a kindergarten classroom because he can read really well. So I can be like, here, read this book about coral and I'm going to go like put your brother down for a nap or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really nice. So we have been making a coral reef on like a piece of cardboard with a bunch of like yarn scraps and cardboard and things. And that's been fun. And yeah, um, you know, did the spelling words and all that sort of stuff. And I put the baby down for a nap and tried to eat something. And then after nap time and school were over, we went um, out to a park and did like a little mini hike for like an hour. We have no groceries because no one's been to the yeah. store yet this week. So we got pizza. <laughs> nice. That sounds like our Friday night. Every Friday night. Yes. Our go-to on Fridays every Friday is pizza. Like I can I know. know that is like, that's great. It's pizza night. I don't even have to think about it. That's yeah. We do that on Saturday. Yeah. We feed our kids macaroni and cheese from a box on Saturdays. Yeah. And yes. we put peas in it because that's a vegetable. Sure. And then, it's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy. We put mm-hmm. them to bed and we get takeout from yeah. Jolie, which is oh, like nice. we love. And yeah. it's just like they do like lickety split takeout. You yeah. order it online, go pick it up, whatever. Yeah. And 
even though we eat like practically the same thing every Saturday, I don't care because I don't have to plan it. It's like, I know what it is and it's, I know it's going to be good. And I don't, I know I don't have to cook Mm -hmm. it. So predictable is nice sometimes. Well, okay. Well, this sort of ties in a little bit. So, you know, I want to talk about what your life like looks like as a whole. You're not just embroidery, although you're known in the industry for your embroidery, which is amazing, but there's a lot that has come from your journey and that kind of thing. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but then there was a lot of questions that we asked because I really want people that follow you and that follow social creative to be a part of the conversation and to participate in that. And so we had a lot of conversation. We had a lot of questions come in. We had one question that sort of ties in just to you talking about your day. How do you balance time between work and family? Do you have a day job too? I mean, like kids are sort of a day job, right? All day, all night job. But I'd love just as you were talking about what your day looks like to sort of describe a little bit of how you balance. Because I think that that's a big question that a lot of entrepreneurs or like people who have their own business struggle with or just the balance of the two Mm -hmm. um, because it is obviously one of the perks because you get to plan out your own time, but also time management in that is also a big struggle part, you know, for us. So um, Mm -hmm. maybe you can talk a little bit to how you do the, if there is such a word balance, because this, the person who sent this question in also is uh, she said, she's a fellow mom of two boys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I really want to talk about that. Um, I will start by saying, I feel like balance is like an elusive unicorn and it, I don't, I don't know if it exists. If it exists, I feel like I've, I get there, but I live in balance for like a day or a week and then I'm right back out because nothing ever stays the same. And when you are a parent, especially, and you have kids and the more kids you have, the more variables there are in your life, the less control you have over even if you have made a plan for how you are going to balance your work and your creativity and your parenting and, you know, whatever else it is that you're doing, um, something is always going to come along and throw a wrench in that, whether it's your toddler doesn't take a nap or school is canceled or COVID cancels everything. So I would say I don't have a good balance, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially not right now. Sometimes I do better than others and sometimes not. Like when I was writing my book, the balance mm-hmm. was not there. And I mm-hmm. got to a point where I was like, what felt like I, I was like killing myself over like mm-hmm. not sleeping. I just wasn't sleeping. And that's mm-hmm. kind of my go-to like when I know I'm unhealthy and I'm like in an unhealthy pattern when mm-hmm. I still am trying to do all the things and mm-hmm. I actually can't. And so then I'm like sacrificing my sleep and I'm like, you know, when you sacrifice your sleep, everything else goes down the toilet with it. Yeah. So when I started, I only had one kid and I had Mm -hmm. a very easy one kid for four years. I didn't have another baby for four years. So I had a long time of of just the one kid who was a really good napper and really easy. Um, So I would just predictable too. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you can plan out when your work hours are because he's napping mm-hmm. then. And like, yeah. Yep. And he always just like went right to sleep at right. like 730 and right. it was fine. 
I also wasn't working as much then. And it wasn't mm-hmm. there. I didn't feel this amount of pressure because it was more of a like, well, I'm just like doing this thing and we'll see what happens. Sort mm-hmm. of like I was only really accountable to myself. And then as time has gone on, I felt more and more accountable to my work as mm-hmm. a like, oh, I want to show up in my work because now I know mm-hmm. what this can give, what it can give to me, what it can give to my family, what it can give to mm-hmm. other people. And I love it. So I want yeah. to be there. But I also equally and usually more want to be really present with my children and having another kid in the mix and the two different ages and now homeschooling. It's really mm-hmm really challenging. And I'm working a lot less right now yeah. than I was. I also almost never go to bed before midnight. I just don't. And I've always been a night owl. So mm-hmm. a little bit of that is normal for me, but I'm both a night owl and also really require nine hours of sleep to be my best self. And yeah. I don't, <laughs> you yeah. can't really do both. You can't yeah. do both. I would say for anybody wondering like how to get that balance I think you just have to like breathe and like go with the flow a little bit like try Mm -hmm. to set up a structure try to set up boundaries Mm -hmm. you know like I'm gonna work during this time and sometimes you really have to do that regardless of like kind of some of the other things that are going on Mm -hmm. but it's not always gonna work out that way it's just yeah it's not I totally I I just don't know that there is balance I think Mm -hmm. there is um, some days you need to call in childcare and say, I need to work now yeah. and I need to call in help to do that. Yeah. Whether it's your partner, whether you're paying money, which let me tell you is super hard for me to do because yeah, I am now too. paying someone to do what I could do for free so that mm-hmm. I can work. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's a weird, yep. like it's a, it's a mind thing for me. But also there's going to be days where I don't get any work done. Like yep. there's days where it's just like, well, here it is, it's 930 and I can't even think anymore. So mm-hmm. that's my day. And then yep. there's other days where you do a little bit more work. So it's almost mm-hmm. like not even a daily balance. It's like a weekly balance or yeah. how, however that is, you know, because yep. especially think- with mm-hmm. what's happening right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, it's been really hard for me. I, you talked a lot about the Enneagram in your last podcast, which I was like, yeah, I I think we're going to talk about that. Um, I'm, I'm such a three, I'm an achiever. Like that's the three and that is where I live. And it's a constant struggle in myself of like, I know all the things I could do and I want to do them. Yeah. And the fact that I, can't like there are not enough hours in the day is really hard for me and that is a pill I have to swallow every single day and like tell yeah. myself it's okay and like times and seasons mm. and this is a season where I'm gonna yeah. have to just like pump the brakes on work and like have that be okay and know that like I'm gonna still be able to like be creative and do other things even after COVID and when things look a little bit more normal or when my kid sleeps through the night or whatever it is. And so, but it's a lesson that again, I'm, I'm learning all the time, every day. And sometimes I do better at it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes no, sometimes I cook a meal every night of the week. And sometimes we order takeout every night of the week because I can't. So I actually, I want to talk a little bit about this. Um, there was like 50,000 things that I want to talk to you about. And we have yes. a very short podcast. And I'm like, ah, there's so many things. 
Jake was like, you should ask her if she douches. <laughs> I was like, I never for my have. first, <laughs> I haven't either. I but Jake was have. like, because we started that podcast as a joke. I mean, he, he asked the question. He's like, but he's oh like, my God, oh, this kind of podcast. You, I know. He goes, oh, you should just string that through your whole entire podcast. Just ask everybody if that question, like just to start it out. I was like, no, it's not even a thing anymore. Because I've heard you that wasn't good for you because it's it not good for you. Your, like good bio yes. that you have going. Yes, on. it was actually it started this huge conversation because I was like, do you remember when there used to be all sorts of commercials for it back oh in the God. day, like oh summer's gosh. eve douche? <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh, I was like, and there's not anymore because it's actually not healthy for your body. So, yeah. anyways, I actually know like a lot of women who like don't even do a, like a lot of soap in that area even because yeah. it like causes just things to go all yeah. out of balance. Speaking of yeah. balance. Yeah. For the balance. Speaking of balance. Anyways. Okay. So we talked a couple days ago and we, um, I just, if you don't mind speaking to this, because yeah. I know that when you were writing, you have come out with a book, which is incredible. Yeah. But I know that that book just the process of writing it and getting it done was taxing. As you just mentioned, it was a lot of work and it really was like a place of just stress because you had deadlines and you know, all the things and just through pregnancy and just, it was just, ah, you, now we have COVID and everything and these things that come along, which are like super blessings, right? It's just so amazing, but you're doing, you're like approaching this time where you're doing these amazing classes with creative bug, which are amazing, Thank you. but that also is a lot of work. It's like a lot of content that you have to put together. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious just from like a play coming from a place of, you know, everything that we live through is like, there's some sort of learning that comes out of it. So what you lived through, through the writing of your book. And now as you're coming into a time where you're coming into, like, you know, you're going to have deadlines, but also you have a lot more heaped onto your plate with homeschooling and like all the Mm -hmm. things, how do you think, and if you don't have an answer, that's fine because that's actually real life. Yeah. But is there, do you feel like you have a game plan or do you feel like this could be a different way of managing it or? Yeah. Um, I think, well, I definitely learned a lot from the book process, there was a lot coming out of that where I was like, I am never going to do, you know, this again, I'm never going to do this other thing again, more like stuff, creatively, like putting myself under that sort of pressure. And like, for those people that don't know, I wrote that book, which means like designed all the patterns, like some of them I had designed before for other things, but I had to do everything like redo from scratch, stitch Mm -hmm. all the examples, which lots of times were like one or two full examples of everything for 20 different patterns, do all the step-by-steps, all the photographs, all the editing of the photographs, all the writing, yeah, all of it. And somebody else like plunked everything into the place, but I did all of those steps of it yeah. In less than five months while I was very pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> and so crazy. Now having the perspective of like that is behind me and knowing other people who have done books on different things, I know that that wasn't actually really okay for to like to put that on myself. Like I should have had mm-hmm. more time to do that. And the way that the process went of like that being a really tight 
deadline was crazy. And I will never do that again. Like, I think it just taught me of like, here, here's what I can do if I push myself. But also I saw the damage that that did. And so now I feel a lot more capable of like to say no. I can say no to things, which I knew that I could do that before, but I didn't know that there were going to be times where I had to, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) before I had Mm -hmm. said no to things that I was like, I don't really want to do that or it's not worth my time. But when somebody asks you to write a book and you think you're just like little person over here doing her own thing, like I, I never expected anybody to ask me to write a book. And when the email came, I thought it was a joke. I like had to go in and be like, is this even real? Is this a scam? Like, what is this? And it was real and it was great. And at the end of the day, I'm really glad I did it. And it's great. And so many people have been enjoying it and loving it. And I'm so glad that I have that out there as a resource. Yeah. And also really glad that I did it. So now I know what it's like to write a book. I know people at multiple publishing companies. Yeah. Cause I would really love to do a children's book someday. Actually. Yeah. I have those connections. So that's valuable to me, but yes. I will never push myself that hard again. I pushed yeah. myself into labor. Yeah. <laughs> so oh my gosh. It was no, not, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so um now as I'm prepping, I'm prepping to go to Creative Bug in San Francisco again mm-hmm. in about two and a half weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna be there. And the thing about going to Creative Bug, I love it there. I went last year and it was amazing. Everybody there was wonderful. They made me feel so just like valued as an artist as a human and seen and heard and respected it was so good but when you go and film especially with something like embroidery you don't just sit there and stitch through the whole thing because embroidery takes like it could take you like 40 hours or more to stitch through a thing and we don't have that kind of time so yeah what ends up happening is before I go I have to stitch multiple versions of whatever I'm teaching at different stopping points so that I can swap out for a different hoop and like show be like okay now I'm swapping to this hoop where I have completed that step I was just showing you so it's a lot of prep work yeah when you go and I know this now because I went last year I was really really prepared and I went and it went really smoothly and so I actually had a really great time and wasn't super stressed out while I was there so I know that doing that work ahead of time can really pay off but it is a lot and I feel myself now I'm like very burned out and I know that I'm pushing myself hard to a deadline But at the same time, there have just been parts of it that I've had to let go. Like I was like, I really want to show this thing in two complete different colorways. And I had to let that go. I was like, no, I can't do it. And that's okay. Yeah. And this is something that I know about you just from working with you too, is that it's, it's both an awesome thing about you and also something that you as your own self probably have to struggle with a lot because you want to do the best at everything. Maybe yeah. it's your threeism, right? It but it's absolutely like, is. I want to show up. I want to do the best that I can. And you're meticulous about it. Like, yeah. and I mean, even you can see that just from the video content you have on your yeah. website and like everything. It's like, that takes a lot of time. It does. You know, it does. and I so all those videos during COVID too, which was kind of, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So amazing. So 
it, it is probably something that you have to just keep a check on for yourself, especially yeah. it's, it's awesome. Like it's why you're yeah. as good as you are, right? Yeah, it is. It is both yeah. my strength yes. and my absolute downfall. And I have yeah. to really try to like evaluate myself. I have to constantly yes. evaluate where I'm at and what I'm doing. And if I'm pushing too hard and you know, whether I ate anything that day and like, Oh gosh. Yeah. How much sleep have I actually been getting? Not a healthy amount. Like something's got to give there. And, um, thankfully everybody at creative bug has been really great. And so when I email and I'm like, here's what I'm doing, they're like, great, great. Like, yeah, you, you do what you need to do. And that's been really great. And I also know already like when I come home it's I'm not doing any work (laughs) yeah that's not fulfilling to me that's not like what I want to do like oh I want to weave something because I just want to or whatever it is I've already like and I've said it to now you I've said it to all the whoever listens to this like everybody in my life I've said it to it's out there so now other people can help me be like hey you said you weren't going so now we're all yeah. going to hold you accountable. Yeah, please do. Please do. I'm going to put kits out into the world and send yeah. them away. And then I'm going to sit down and take a nap. Oh, that's amazing. So I love the idea. I totally think you should do a children's book. Someday. I want to. You did your children's kits, your little kids' kits. Yes. They're amazing. Oh, the kids My kids. Loved them. Actually, my oldest, Ollie, he, remember he wanted to do his own logo yeah. for his own little comic book company. Did he finish on it? it? Well, he started it and then he got, he did his first two stitches and then he got super frustrated and threw the needle <laughs> in the car. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no. He was like so frustrated. He didn't follow instructions. He probably has a little <laughs> bit of his mom in him. Where he was just like, I just want to do it. Yeah. And he like threaded all of his thread and then it like jumbled up on the back yep. end of his thing. Yeah. And he just got so angry. He was just like, I but Beckett, I understand. My little rule follower was like, <laughs> This is so great. He just loved it. He stitched. So he's like halfway, but I love it. I love that because even for our classes like the ones yeah. that you've done with social creative it's just like it's something that's super soothing and yes. especially at this time it's just so like the best time to do it is probably during a pandemic because yeah. it is meditative it yeah. is like calming and soothing and like just a stress relief where i mean it's like breathing right it's like yeah. you're breathing in you're breathing out it's just so like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's every time down. you like yes, you pull that thread through something about yeah. and the tension in it, like yes. it's like this certain amount of tension that's like just right and not too much. And like, but like it has to be enough. It's something about that is very meditative and relaxing. I love it so much. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um man, I have so many things I wanted to talk to you about, but one of the things was, um, just kind of like your start into embroidery. I'm curious, just you, um, obviously if anyone looks at your profile on your website, they can see kind of like where your start was. And yeah, I, I I literally did not know you knew how to play the ukulele. Oh, I do very badly. 
That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I did not know that about her. That's amazing. She's I not play the piano okay, and yeah. I play the ukulele very badly. Like I can. That is amazing. Like yeah. the lava song and like like three songs. I'm curious <laughs> though. I mean, you might have to be the music at one of our social creative experiences. Someday. <laughs> um, I'm curious what your, everyone has an aha moment where mm -hmm. they're sitting there and they're like, oh, I kind of like this. Oh, this is really great. I should do this. Like, what was yeah. your aha moment? I'm going to do this as a business. I'm going to yeah. invest okay. my time and money. Yeah. That, yeah, I get that. Okay, so here is what it is. This didn't happen until like last year, sometime last year, or maybe the year before. I was talking to Ricky, my husband, about like some yeah. other thing. And he said to me, he's like, you're like the most competitive person I've ever met. Yeah. And I was shocked, like genuinely <laughs> in my marriage. I've been married for 10 years. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm not competitive. <laughs> I'm the person who like in a board game, I'm like, we're just here to have fun. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter who wins. Like, let's don't be a stickler for the rules like that. I don't want to play a sport, like be nice to the other team. Like that's me. So for him to say I was so competitive was really shocking to me. And I reflected on it for a really, really long time and realized that that was actually really true. Mm -hmm. And I was mad that I didn't realize it about myself before he said it. But I think it's a real, like a self-competitive thing. And this is like all part of my like three achieving personality yeah. is when I feel like I want to do something, there's something like compulsive in me that feels like I want to do it the best and not mm. necessarily the best of other people. Just, mm -hmm. I always feel like I need to do better than I did before and like taught mm. myself and this is like a little bit of a again it's a balance of like this has helped me a lot in my life but also it has hindered me a lot in my life of like not accepting myself wherever right. I am and whatever yeah anyway but so if we go back to like I was always like a really crafty kid and whatever like right. I just always have like to make things and create things and I never ever thought I was going to be an artist and I never mm -hmm. thought I was and I was really bad at drawing forever I still am not great I have to try really hard to draw mm -hmm. something whereas I know a lot of people who can like you know they're gonna draw something with people watching and I'm like I would never draw something and record yeah. it for people to watch because it takes me so many passes of my pencil to yeah do something well so anyway I which sorry pause real quick because I literally cannot believe I'm hearing you say that you don't think you're an artist because you actually no no okay I do now but I okay I didn't then. ever think that I was like gonna be any sort of art person I always like to okay. make stuff and yeah. I like I can knit sort of and I can yeah. like sew a bit and I can do a lot of things a little bit but I was like well yeah. I just do these because they're fun and I like to make stuff and it's always been a good release of like anxiety and tension in a good way to get out all my extra like energy is to like make something so yeah when, you know before I had Oliver my older son and when he yeah. was little and I had extra time because what do you do when you only have one kid and you're staying at home and that's an easy kid and right. like there's just not that much and I found myself with this like void of like I was always making stuff and one time I embroidered something just on a whim. Like I was, you know, scrolling on Pinterest and I saw an embroidered yeah. thing and I was like, oh yeah, like I've done that once in like fourth grade or whatever. That was kind of fun. I wonder if I can do it again. And yeah. I just like, I said this on other things, but I like yeah. drew the, and I 
picked out some stitches just from like a static like stitch dictionary I like saw what other people had made stitches that looked like I'm like what are those little dot things and I like figured out like oh that's French knots and I figured out how to do them yeah and I did it and I gave it to my friend for her birthday yeah and like it was okay and it wasn't that good but it was pretty good for like never doing it yeah I was like oh that was good yeah do it again and I just kept doing it for like not even a long time, like maybe three months. I was like, I embroidered like, you know, six or seven different things. And then were you using other people's patterns or were you, cause you, you develop your own patterns. Yeah. I've actually never seen anyone else's embroidery patterns. Yeah. Intentionally. Other than like, I guess when I was doing research for my book on like, what do people put in an embroidery book? Right. I looked at a lot of them and a lot of them I was like, well, I want mine to be really different than this. So it wasn't a big thing, but I've never seen anybody yeah. else's patterns, like a PDF, like what I do. Yeah. And I intentionally, when I started doing it, especially because I was like, well, what if I like, I want to make my own. I always have this drive to like make something my own. Yeah. So I didn't ever use patterns when I was starting. I just kind of drew things out, which was another reason why I liked embroidery because I was like, I don't have to be that good at drawing to embroider something because really you just make some lines there's not a ton of depth of field there's not a lot there and then you add so much with the stitches that it kind of like could make up for the fact that I was like "Mm, not that great Mm -hmm. at drawing anyway so I just kept doing it about three months after I started embroidering I'm like I wonder if I could sell these on Etsy because I was at that point like spending a lot of money on craft hobbies just in general (laughs) I was like, what, yeah. are, what if I could like make enough money just to support my own craft habit? So I just put stuff on Etsy. I kind of didn't really know if it was going to go anywhere or work. And yeah. like, whoever it was that bought my first work, I don't know. If you are listening, God like, bless please, you. <laughs> please reach out to me and tell me so that I can say thank you to you because I, it wasn't amazing. that. It wasn't very good. Like, it was fine. It was good. Yeah. You know, it was fine, but it wasn't anything at all amazing. And I just kept going. And then about a year just into it. Think about this though. This is what I tell all my friends. And I, believe it or not, I have a lot of friends who have written books, which I'm always like, that's amazing. Your book sits in someone else's house. That's amazing. And someone has your very first work. I know. know Like that is so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. Really cool. It's really cool. My friend in Australia sent me a picture last week of my book in a bookstore that she was in. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, my book's there. Like, which is something I haven't experienced because my book came out and it was only a couple of weeks later that we all got shut down for COVID. So I didn't get to do a lot of like, go yeah. around and look for my book in a bookstore mm-hmm. I just had to stay yeah. home and look at it on Amazon <laughs> yeah <laughs> there it is <laughs> um anyway so uh-huh. yeah that's a really it is a really cool thing now looking back on like oh like someone thought something I made way back then was worth something and look how far yeah. I've come and I'm so grateful to all those people and the people who like when I first decided to make a pattern they yeah they bought it and they were excited about it. And I look at back at like how clunky some of the, like the pattern was good, but the, I was making it in word. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I like know how to use InDesign and things are better, but there wasn't actually like this moment where I was like, this is my life now. It was more Mm -hmm. of a just like, I really enjoy doing this. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep doing it because I had quit my job and I was like going to be a stay at home mom. And that mm-hmm. was what I always kind of was like, I'd like to have a job, you know, out in the world someday, yeah. but I really wanted to be home with my kids while they were little. Yeah. So I didn't ever anticipate doing this. This was not my plan. I didn't yeah. like, I guess I signed up for this, but not on purpose. And I didn't yeah. know. I also wouldn't trade it for anything. I yeah. love, I love what I do so much. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was just this gradual like thing that kind of like spiraled out of control. And I was like, Oh, look, now I have, you know, all this like Instagram following and I've written a book and I still yeah. feel like mostly just the same regular person. <laughs> it it's amazing. Kind of it's ran amazing away with itself. Yeah, it's amazing to see just um, how big the the embroidery industry is. Yeah. And just how your work resonates with so many people. So many people have a really high regard for your work. And it's really, it's awesome. I mean, it is beautiful. I mean, you Thank are you. where you are because you are who you are. Really. Thank you. So, That's yeah. Nice. I think that really, um, it wasn't until after I finished my book, honestly, and got really, really at the, like the depths of absolute burnout that Mm -hmm. I had to like, kind of decide like, okay, am I, I'm going to keep going with this and what do I want it to be like? And I, I really set some really strong boundaries for myself, especially around whatever I was creating. And Mm -hmm. I used to make a lot of things that I was making because I liked them. But also I was always like, will other people like this though? Do I need to make this in another color palette that might appeal to other people? I always had a lot of other people in my brain when I was making things. And now I just decided that I don't care, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which has been the best thing for my work and for me. Not like I don't care. Like I really, I love all the people that are like there and appreciating and following and buying my patterns and my work and my book and all of it. But as far as the creative process goes, I had to get to a point where I'm like, I cannot do this unless I'm doing it only for that part of it that feeds my soul creatively, Yeah. which means oh, I'm man. only going to choose the colors that I want to choose. I'm not going to yeah. choose colors just because I think other people might want to see it in that color. Mm. And I'm only going to do designs that really feel like they mean something to me even if it's kind of wild even if it kind of doesn't make sense to everybody which it sounds like obvious but Mm -hmm. it isn't especially Mm -mm. when you are just starting out in a field where you feel like it's already saturated with everybody and you see other people doing really well with things and you say like oh people really like this thing over here so maybe I should do something in that and I still see so much of that especially in the embroidery community. So, you know, there's so much repetitiveness and I just had to kind of draw a line in the sand where I was like, I'm not going to be part of that. And it's the only way I'm able to keep doing it at this point, honestly, because doing it for the part of it that feels good to me (laughs) is what keeps me coming back to it every day, honestly. Yeah. And it's what feeds your soul. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you're, you, you have to be doing it for you in order to do it for others. Absolutely. Like you have to be, you have to feel good about your work. You have to be appreciative of your work. You, it has to come from within you in order to produce something that you're like, ah, here you go. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. So it has to be for you and you have to feel good about what it takes a lot of time. 
doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it takes yeah. a lot of time to do something like this. And so you have to feel good about that. And in the process of that, yeah, I feel that too. It's just like, it has to be for you first in order to pour out to others. Clearly, I think people gravitate to it because they yeah. can feel that. Yeah. They can feel that passion Absolutely. and that authenticity and like the, the whole story, the whole package in what yeah, you're Yeah, because it's not like, the other stuff that you see other places because it didn't come from the inspiration didn't come from other people and other people's work or you know other things I was seeing online in whatever area it just came from like what do I like and honestly the truth of it is it's there it's evident in like when I look at my you know, all the things in my Etsy that I can look at, like, you know, how many people have bought this or liked this or looked at this. The first thing I ever really like took a leap on was my marbled pattern. It was Mm. like this thing where I, it was like that I'm laying in a dark room thinking about something and this idea that came into my head and would not go away, would not go away. I tried to explain it to people and they were like, what? That makes no sense. I just did it anyway. And I was like, I like it. I'm just going to do it. And my marbled pattern has been like almost one third of my total Etsy sales of all time. And I think that just speaks to like, if you take a leap and you are vulnerable with Mm -hmm. your creativity and you trust that there are going to be people out there to love what you make, if you make it from your heart, it's going to come out okay. (laughs) Yeah. I think too, is that all you need to believe is that one person will like it. Yeah. Because there is a considerable amount of vulnerability in investing a lot of time and doing something for yourself and then putting it out into the world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you didn't know that it was going to resonate with so many people. Or that no. it'd be so huge. I think it's a scary place to be in when you're like, I mean, I really love it. I guess I I'll just put it out there and see. And now look. It, I know. Yeah. It's, I mean, and it all comes back to like out there can be a scary place. Anything you yeah. put out there that you really care about, it's really scary. It can be scary to put it out in the world. And yeah, it wasn't scary when I started because I didn't know anything about Instagram and I had no yeah. followers that were like yeah. my friends already or like related to me, like my parents. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't scary at first, which I think allowed me to kind of like grow through some of those growing pains Yeah, without a lot of audience. I was like, Oh, I have 30 followers now. Yeah. Like, and that yeah. was like, great. And I was excited at every milestone. And I'm glad that you know, I had, I had the time, like every artist, every creative person has that time where they're figuring it out. And honestly, I feel like it's taken me all this time to figure out who I actually am in this world and to like, be able to solidly stand on my own two feet and be like, I am going to represent myself as I am. And yeah, it's still hard. It's hard, especially when you have more people that are seeing what you're doing and you have more exposure it can feel a lot like the pressure is on and it can be really hard to continue to show up as you are and in your real life and be vulnerable in that way. And that's something we've talked about a lot too, but it's so much more meaningful because you make connections with people that are actually meaningful instead of just, you know, having thousands of people that don't actually give a darn about you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to have to have you on a second time because I still want to talk about that conversation about personal meets business 
Instagram. Um, Because I think that that's a huge conversation. And I just read Samantha with Hemlova's post and it just was incredible and just speaks to a larger conversation that a lot of us in the creative world are, or I won't even just like peg it on the creative world. A lot of us who have businesses, who have social media business presences, but also are more than just our business. Right. Yeah. Like we're Showing a whole up person. Mm-hmm, as yeah. a whole person online yeah. is a type of vulnerability that some people really embrace and yeah. other people will ditch you over. That's different. It's a different experience depending on what you look like and who you are and where you live and how you show up. And it can be really uh, brutal. People have really brutal experiences with it. But I think at the end of the day, again, it's just one of those things where if you do it, it's like you're curating your community honestly with like if there are people that want to no longer be with you or follow your journey because you know you posted about your kids or you posted your face and what you look like or where you live that's no loss to you honestly because the people that remain have chosen to remain for all of you instead of just the one little part of you 100% I want to get to some questions because I've already touched on one but there was um, a number of questions and we'll just sort of like we'll go through these and you can answer um, some of them and then have one mystery jar question I'll do it I'm brave there is one doozy from my children in there okay will you do so you started doing Harry Potter patterns Yes. Uh, recently, which are amazing. Will you do more of your Harry Potter series? That's a really good question with a long answer that I will make short. And yes. um, Harry Potter is a big part of my life and my children's life and my family. And I like always am like listening to it on audiobook when I try to fall asleep and I love it. So it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. I still want to make Harry Potter things, but A, I have some other things that I want to make first and B, um, I've honestly been really upset by JK Rowling and her um, comments that have been so negative and unsupportive mm. and awful about the transgender community. And mm. she's somebody that I have really loved and respected in the past. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of hit really hard. And while I don't love Harry Potter any less because of it, and I kind of view that work as like, this is a thing and it's done and complete and I can still continue to love it and not like her and what she said and her choices. Um, I've been a little bit like reluctant to pick a Harry Potter thing back up and then talk about it on social media or in my work. Um, So I kind of just let that sit for a little while, but I will come back to it probably in the new year. Um, let's see. What are some of the mistakes people can avoid when starting to sell their embroideries? Make your own work that is not someone else's pattern. You cannot use someone else's pattern to then recreate and make it your own. That This mm-hmm. happens all the time to me, to other artists all the time. So make sure what you make is not um, a version of someone else's work and, uh, you know, use things that inspire you. Like we just already talked about the the best possible thing you can do is make something that's unique to yourself that you feel really good about. And also, you know, make sure the fabric is really tight in your hoop and keep that tension because bunchy fabric is just, I see that a lot in beginning embroidery and it's like a really easy fix that can like make things look all tight and professional. And also, 
don't be afraid to value your work for what it is. Embroidery takes a long time. Mm. And if you spend a long time on something and you think that it is valuable based on how you feel it looks and the skill level that went in. I know a lot of people, myself included, have been afraid to actually charge a large amount of money for that work. Like it's an actual piece of art, but it is. And it not, is, yes. Yeah, it is. There's kind of been this thing for lots of years in the art community that painting is art and sculpture is art and embroidery and weaving is a craft. And so mm. it's worth less. And that is simply not the case. And yeah. I think there's a lot of people in the fiber art community like advocating for charge an amount of money that reflects what went into the piece and how valuable it is and not just, oh, you know, I made this and it took me 70 hours, but I'm going to sell it for $40. You know, right. It's, yeah. it's not, yeah. Um, you know, you deserve to have your time wor- yes. worth something. Yes. And Yes. It's really hard. That's a really hard thing to assign a value to your own work. But I really encourage people to um, reflect on that and um, yeah. and really value yeah. their own work. My leaf embroidery <laughs> that I did that is on my mantle right now, my fireplace mantle, that took me months. And that is priceless. priceless. That is <laughs> priceless. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you still get enjoyment from embroidery, even though it's a job with deadlines? Yes, absolutely. It Not every single stitch is filled with like, this is what I'd act- absolutely like to be doing right now. Sometimes I'd rather be sleeping. But overall, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love it. I yeah. also love to do other types of fiber art. So like yeah. I have... I got to a point where I'm like, I can't only do embroidery. And yeah. so sometimes I have to take a break from embroidery and weave or do punch needle or something else, mm-hmm. which I found out I love both of also. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to be able to take a break and do something that feels different creatively. Yeah. Um, but I still em- embroidery is my main squeeze. I love it. Okay. I am reaching into the jar. The mystery jar. Here is your question. Name two bad habits you wish you wouldn't do. Um, I (laughs) wish that I was better at um, putting myself to bed for sure, which is like, this sounds like Mm. so benign, but it's a really big problem because I'll say every day I say, okay, tonight's the night I'm going to go to bed at 1030. And then I'm like, okay, just, I'm just going to do this one more thing. And I'm just going to do this other thing. And then I never go. And then I'm chronically just more exhausted. So that's definitely one. Also have a bad habit of talking too much. (laughs) So Here's a treat for this podcast. (laughs) Um, Sometimes when I feel worried about like being vulnerable or being misunderstood, I say too much and I just like blab on for ages when I'm like, sometimes less is more. Even in parenting, there are lots of times in parenting where I'm like, I didn't need to carry on. I'll just say the, you know, don't pick your nose and then just leave it. Like. Don't need to go on about diseases and germs and whatever. One of my bad habits is I pick, I pick my fingernails. I pick my fingers. I pick my face. I am like, I pick my husband's face. I pick, I am like the worst. It's a bad habit. I need to stop. 
does it ramp up when you're feeling like anxious or stressed it's or is it like a total, constant? It's a, it's a stress thing. All right, Miss Lauren, thank you so much Woo! for chatting with yes. me. Thank I you. am so appreciative that you, you waited this long time. Thank you for just being able to have a really candid, honest conversation with me about all the things. And I feel like I definitely will need to have you on again, but I wish you just the best of luck with your creative bug. And someday when we can gather again, hopefully we can have some more social creative embroidery experiences. Cause I know that they have just been so wonderful for the people who have come and be able to learn from you in person. I can teach as many online classes as I can and it doesn't fill the hole that's left by getting to be with another human being and connect with them and I know that there will be a time when we get to do that again and I only can hope it soon. Yes. Yes. But we will be here. All right. Perfect. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you, Amy. All right. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of that conversation with us. I just have so much admiration for Lauren and really for all of us, for all of us women, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, whether you work a nine-to-five, 40-hour work week, 60-hour work week, whether you are at home juggling kids at home with work or in a season of taking a pause from work, it can look like so many things. And I just want to say I admire all of us because we are all trying to figure out how to do it, how to balance it and not burn out. And unless I'm wrong, we have not met that magical unicorn yet. So let's just be kind to ourselves and take it one day, one week, one season, one chapter, however you want to call it. And when you get excited about something and feel inspired, lean into it. It could be something that is a creative outlet just for you, or it could be something that inspires others that comes from you. Either way, make sure it resonates with your soul and feeds your soul. That is the gold, friends. Big thanks to Lauren for sharing her time with us. And big thanks to you, too, for listening in. I appreciate it. To find out more about Lauren or her embroidery work, you can see her at her Etsy shop, Instagram, or her website at larkrising.com. Join us for episode three as we talk with Christy and Brooke from Studio Life. Creating space is what they do, but it's kind of hard during a pandemic. Let's dig in more. I'll see you next time.